I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to the FT Money Show Budget Special 2009, where we'll be looking at all of the measures announced this week by the Chancellor, Alistair Darling, and how they're going to affect you, your earnings, your pensions, and your savings. And I'm joined by Leonie Kurzweil from PricewaterhouseCoopers, Paul Higginson from Deloitte, and Richard Proctor from Grant Thornton. Let's start then with the big headline figure, the 50% additional tax rate that will be coming in not in 2011, but next April, April 2010. Um, if I can come to you first of all, uh, Leonie, um, this was slightly unexpected. Um, what sort of impact is it going to have? Yeah, Matthew, I think slightly unexpected, more, more like a bolt from the blue. We were just reconciling ourselves to 45% from April 2011, and now high earners are being faced with 50% from next April. Um, that will come as a shock, I think, to a lot of people. Um, and I think we'll talk a minute, in a minute about pensions, but if we link the combination of the two, I think there'll be a lot of quite angry people out there at the moment. And do you think people will be angry enough, uh, if they are very high earners, to actually start thinking about whether or not this is the country they want to stay in? I think that's an interesting point. We had a lot of changes last year with the whole rules around residence and domicile, which made a lot of people think about whether the UK was the place for them longer term. And it may just be now that this 50% change is going to be a catalyst for people to say, actually, I'm going to spend some time working abroad. You know, even if it's only the next two, three, four years, um, until I'm confident that we've got a stable, steady tax regime. And let's put it into context, though. Uh, This is uh, a 50% rate that is going to affect people earning £150,000 or more. And that's only around 1% of higher-rate taxpayers. So we're, we're looking at uh, you know, a few hundred thousand individuals. But there's also um, the impact of the phasing out of the personal allowance for people earning £100,000 or more. Um, Paula, could you explain how that hits people just above the £100,000 income level? Yes, well, the... Um Phasing out of the personal allowance hits from 6th of April next year. And for anybody who's earning over £100,000, there's a phasing out of £1 of the allowance for every £2 over £100,000 that they earn. Now, because of the way in which the calculations work, um, the income that falls um, in that 
area, over 100,000, is actually effectively taxed at a rate of 60%. So there will be a number of people who fall into that category who will be paying um, a, a marginal rate of tax on that income over 100,000 at 60%. Now, because the personal allowance is um, just over £6,000, I suppose it's as soon as you reach about 112,000 pounds or a little bit more, you effectively have no personal allowance at all. That's absolutely right. Once you hit £112,000, um, there's no personal allowance available. Um, and then you're on to um, 40% rate of tax um, over £112,000 um, on those earnings until you hit the 150000 when we go up to the 50% rate of tax for next year. So in many ways, it's more than just the 1% of higher rate taxpayers who will end up with a higher rate of tax. Absolutely. And... Um, uh, the estimate is that around 2% of um, higher earners will be earning over £100,000 and impacted um, by this change. Now, turning to pensions, if, uh, if it wasn't bad enough uh, that £150,000 earners uh, were going to be paying 50% income tax, uh, they're also going to see the tax relief that they are able to get on their pension contributions reduced. I, I suppose, first of all, um, we, should, we should say that there is no tax relief at 50% when this new rate comes in, but it's worse than that, isn't it? Tax relief is getting reduced by even more. It is, yes. Uh, they're going to taper relief down from the current 40% level for higher rate taxpayers down to 20%, the basic rate. So uh, for earnings over 150000 or between 150000 and 180000 the relief is actually going to taper down so that once you reach one hundred and eighty you'll only get relief at 20% rather than the 40% at the moment. So it's halving the relief for those higher earners. And if you are someone who earns, let's say, just over 180000 your relief is tapered all the way down to 20%. But 20% is the tax relief rate that you get on your entire contributions. That's correct, yes. That's the effect of the tapering. So uh, the change between 150 and 100, 180 has got to be very dramatic to bring the overall relief down to 20. And uh, the only, um, I imagine a number of people will be thinking, well, this is coming in, this pension uh, tax relief change is coming in in April 2011. Why don't I put as much as I possibly can into my pension now? But it's not that easy either because there are also measures to prevent people topping up by a significant amount. Yes, I, I thought of that as well. Why don't we just accelerate our pension payments? But they've thought of that. So we've got what are called forestalling provisions, which are designed to prevent people making big top-up payments before the new legislation comes in. So if anyone's already making existing regular contributions, so perhaps monthly contributions, then they're fine. And in fact, they're effectively never going to fall into the new rules as long as they don't change those contributions. But what you can't do is do top-ups at the end of the year, which a lot of people are very used to doing because they don't know how much surplus income they're going to have left, um, those additional payments won't get the full benefit of tax relief. But if you just carry on at your current rate of, let's say, monthly contribution, you won't be affected. That's right. Keep doing what you've always done and you should be OK. For those who are deterred from making big pension top-ups by uh, the loss of tax relief, do you think that um, other investments might become more attractive? Well, I think, yes, I mean, in short, because if you're going to put money in and only going to get tax relief at 20%, in the knowledge that when you take it out, you might be taxed at 50%, I think a lot of um, 
people who would otherwise have put money into pensions will think about alternative ways to save for retirement. And possibly one route would be property. So we might see an increased interest in buy-to-let property because, of course, when you sell a property, we've now got the flat capital gains tax rate of 18%. So it may well be we see a shift in in behaviour because of these new rules. Uh, Yes, because the differential between capital gains tax and income tax has widened. Absolutely, 32% we're moving to now. And let's um, have a look at other uh, areas of savings, Um, Paula. We had uh, a widely anticipated uh, extension of the uh, allowance for individual savings accounts, ISAs up to £10,200, or phased in, going up to £10,200, but only half of that, 5100 available to cash savers. It's not worth an awful lot, really, in terms of tax saving. No, I'd have to agree with you, actually. It's one of those things that's a very nice gesture at the end of the day, and in particular, anybody over 50 is actually going to be able to take advantage of the increased rate from um, October this year. Um, but in reality, the actually actual tax saving that's going to be achieved by this is actually going to be very small. Any other incentives or encouragements for private investors who are seeking some kind of return better than cash on their, uh, on their money? Well, the other change that we saw today um, was an announcement to the Enterprise Investment Scheme rules in that um, an individual can put up to £500,000 um, into a company qualifying for the Enterprise Investment Scheme and they can get 20% income tax relief on that. And previously you could carry back um, some of that investment to the previous year, um, but it was somewhat limited. So you could only carry back up to £50,000 or half of your investment if it was less than 50000 Then you had to make sure that it related to shares that you subscribed for um, before October um, in any particular tax year. Now, that's been um, widened in that now um, you'll be able to carry back um, the full investment that you make in one tax year um, to the previous tax year. So that might help somebody who's retired in a particular tax year, or maybe they've lost their job and they've made an enterprise investment scheme investment, and it would be better for them to be able to carry back the full investment to the previous tax year. Although, Richard, it's it's worth bearing in mind that um, enterprise investment schemes are for those looking to back the smaller, higher-risk ventures. Do you think that these changes will encourage more people to do so? I don't, frankly. I mean, they are high-risk investments by their nature. They are small companies. Um, they are high-risk investments. So I don't think this change, although it's, it's, it's nice and uh, it's a bit of a gesture, I don't think it will change uh, people's investment behaviour. I think that's right. I think people who would invest anyway, and where we see it a lot, is, is sort of investing in friends' businesses and, and sort of wider family businesses. But these changes aren't going to impact on the amounts people are willing to invest in these start-up businesses. And just finally, are there any strange or unexpected measures in this budget that you think people should be aware of? Leonie, I know you were particularly interested by the £2,000 scrappage uh, allowance for people owning cars and came up with a scheme. Well, I did wonder whether you'd see um, perhaps the the scrapyards all of a sudden deciding the cars aren't scrapped, but... um, potentially be traded in for £2,000 each. So I wonder if we're going to start to see a market built around that. Some distortion in the used car market, potentially. Um, anything else uh, that you noted, uh, Richard, that you think listeners should uh, look out for? 
Well, I think, we, as we highlighted, there is now a big difference between the capital gains tax rate and the highest rate of uh, income tax. So I think that will change some behaviour. Uh, the other thing is that, of course, we now know that this increase in the income tax rate is signposted. So for people who can control the timing of their income in the next 12 months, they will be looking to accelerate their income to pay uh, tax at the current rate rather than the signpost, signposted higher rate. So we could see a, a bonus bonanza. <laughs> Not very popular right now. Who'd, who'd think that this government would encourage that? And uh, finally, uh, Paula, anything that stood out for you? Yeah, well, there were a couple of um, interesting um, announcements made today. One was um, the extension of agricultural property relief for inheritance tax purposes onto European agricultural property, uh, which was interesting. And another one was around um, furnished holiday lettings. Um, not such good news there in that um, it's going, it, going forward, um, the losses that uh, one can actually claim at the moment uh, for furnished holiday lettings against their other income and won't be allowable going forward from next year. Um, so that was an interesting change that came through. So sell your furnished holiday letting and buy a European farm. Absolutely. <laughs> well, for more on uh, what the budget means uh, for you, look out for the special edition of FT Money this weekend in the Weekend FT and go online to read all of our budget analysis at ft.com forward slash money. It only remains for me to thank... Uh, our special budget guests, Deanna Kersel from uh, PwC, Paul Higginson from Deloitte and Richard Proctor from Grant Thornton. And to remind you that we'll be back with another FT Money Show uh, later this week and also next week. And we'll be looking at all the further repercussions from this week's budget. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.